This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Two Fit Crazy Productions, TFC Productions, that's our production company helping people with their podcasts. Increase your brand, grow your business by creating your very own podcast, and we are here to help you every step of the way. You do not have to do all the work. We do a lot of it for you. This podcast is also brought to you by ContiFit.com. Get the best online training, the best in arthritis, in let's face it together, facial fitness and rehabilitation, all sorts of functional fitness training at your fingertips. That's ContiFit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs, all the information at high5healthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, we are not the craziest people on episode today. Right? <laughs> three, that, three is a party. That is I okay, so speechless. Cole Crosby, we've been killing it with our podcast guests lately, right? This is great. Cole Crosby ran the entire length of New Jersey and has the record fastest known time. Yeah, about two hundred miles of uh-huh. running in forty-four total hours. That's right. So he took it from High Point, New Jersey, the High Point Monument way up there. If you've ever been to our great state and uh, taken the the trip all the way up to the northernmost tip of our state, uh, all the way down 197.22 miles Mm -hmm. later to the uh, Cape May Point Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he did that not like on a normal, you know, Decent May day. No, I think know, it was January 9th. January 9th he did this. Uh, all the way down. And just great spirit, great energy, great, like, you know, just... New all, Jersey boy. For all the right reasons, right? Like, you know, he's running yeah. it to explore his own outer limits. Mm-hmm. He's doing it to help causes that he believes in. Uh, and, and really just running, using his legs to make the world a better place. Yeah. I love it. He said this, and I want you to take this with a grain of salt because Brian and I will do things and people will say, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. You know, Cole's going to talk about some some races and distances where you're going to be like, wow, Christine and Brian are not that crazy if <laughs> if you're going 200 miles or, or something along those lines. But what he said was, I really wanted a real challenge, something that was scary and daunting. Now, what I need you to remember as you listen to this is that everything is relative. Think about, you know, in your life, what is scary or daunting to you? It doesn't have to be 200 miles or, you know, 50 miles or whatever it is. Maybe it's just taking that step or doing something that is just a little bit out of your comfort zone. No doubt about it. I mean, when we had Chad Wright on, uh, you know, a few episodes back, 100 episodes back, he said, you know, he, he, he found better life in, in doing things where the most likely possible outcome was failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stretching yourself to those limits is oftentimes where we find the best of the best. 
in ourselves. So, uh, you know, just I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. It's some jaw dropping things, mm-hmm. some of the stats, you know, the calories burned and the uh, and the uh, and I know, was trying to find out as much information as possible uh, about his ultra. Yeah, we got an endeavor coming on ourselves that you'll hear about in, in earnest. Uh, applications. But you're only going to hear about it if you listen to the show because oh, yeah. we haven't even announced a lot of stuff yet. Applications have been filled out and money has been taken from accounts and uh, officially the Two Fit Crazies will be towing the line uh, of a 100 miler coming up here in April. So listen up, y'all. You'll get all the details and you'll enjoy a hell of a conversation with Mr. Cole Crosby. Enjoy, everybody. Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Ready to rumble. All right, we're going to... You know gonna, where it's at today? It, we're going to talk running State again. of New Jersey. It is. From stem to stern, from tip to tip, from point to point. <laughs> I'm not mature enough for this podcast sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. Cole Crosby. It's like a Brazilian. Siri- oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Cole Sorry, Crosby, Cole. please save us from this insanity. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you guys? Uh, you guys got to get to the point here. You're wasting my time. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ran. I ran between two points. Come on. My time is precious. You know. <laughs> yeah, you, you spent some time on the road that day. That those days. I sure did. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's start there. Let, let's get into it, man. From the tip of New Jersey, high point, New Jersey, right? Is that where you began? That's where I began. Right. 158 in the morning at one fifty eight. Uh, 158 on January 9th. And you ran all the way down to the tip of Cape May, correct? Yeah. I ran to the Cape May point lighthouse, which I believe is about as, as far South on the point there as you can go. Besides, obviously, swimming with the uh, the fishes, <laughs> and and you picked the uh, always beautiful New Jersey month of January to pull this, yeah, uh, st- this, this, this stunt off. Anyone could do this stuff in you know in 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 May or June when it's semi nice, right? Yeah, but you know, I wanted to be a little bit different, right? And um, also, I like I like the colder weather; it doesn't bother me. And uh, factor in, I also thought, well. Cape May in the summertime can be a pretty happening place, can be pretty busy. And I just didn't want to have running, you know, running through there after, I don't know, 190 miles on my legs and mind and heart and soul to have to contemplate having to navigate all of the, uh, the, the people there. Um, so I felt January just, it made a lot of sense logistically and, um, you know, and also I think it fits into my personality of, of who I am as a person and athlete. Yeah. So 190 miles. 197 total, right? 
Yeah, 197. Was, was there ever an urge to maybe circle back and just get that extra three for the even two? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. no <laughs> not, not even at all. <laughs> not even close. All right. It you, figures you would ask a no, question Well, like that. you know, some people run around in the parking lot until their Garmin hits a, you know, turns over the mile uh, you know, just to make sure that it, that it hits. So you never know. You know, round numbers, people uh, have OCD and things like that. Not that you do, right? <laughs> No. I mean, we just round up. So we say, okay, I, I officially ran 197.22 miles based on my, my GPS stuff. And it's like 200 miles, three, three, three more miles. Like, could I have done it? Probably. And it wouldn't have been pretty. Um, so yeah, 197, 200 miles. That I feel like it's in the same conversation. So we're just going to round up and roll with it. So what was it like when you hit mile 100? Um, you, you know, it was one of those points. So what's what's funny is, you know, I grew up kind of near Princeton, New Jersey kind of area. And the halfway mark is really right through my backyard, more or less. And so the 100-mile point, you know, the sun was going down. I was getting a little bit tired. Um, it was uh, – I didn't really think too much about the distance part of it besides the fact that I'm like, all right, I'm like halfway there. Like I got a long way to go. I got a whole – a whole nighttime to have to endure and survive through and uh, try to make it to the sunrise. Cause you know, when you get that sunrise, that's just like, that's like the best kick of caffeine you could ever ask, ask for. So, so you know, I'm, I'm totally like we're we're picking your brain a little bit because um, you probably don't know this, but Christine and I are both uh, are running a hundred miler in in April, uh, the uh, C and O Canal 100 uh, down in Maryland. Nice. Yes, yes, we're looking forward to this one. And so I feel like I'm, I have I'm going to have you in my mind. Like it's only a hundred. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't have to do the other ninety seven point two two. We're good. <laughs> Um, so Christine's, I know why Christine's, Christine's interviewing you in a different manner right now. She's getting, she's gathering he's info a, and intel. A, he made it. He's alive. <laughs> We're good. Um, I'm kidding. I just had to But ask. I got to know about, uh, you know, you're the fastest known time, correct? Uh, from, from point to point. Yeah. Yep. That's confirmed. All right. Beautiful. And you know, what, what made you, Why? Like why? Why? I know that you've you've gotten yourself into some you know some monkey business with uh, with these long distances and things like that. Uh, what you know? What was it that really made this one you know the the length and the distance? And you know, obviously a, a homeboy uh, from from New Jersey. You know, you wanted to maybe cover every inch of your state. But what what made you choose uh, this tip to tip point to point? Yeah, I, I I felt like it was time. You know, I, I've I've had a. Um, a fairly long, a long enough kind of foray into ultra running. You know, I got into it in 2012 and, um, I've made a lot of mistakes in my time. I've, I've, I've learned a lot of lessons and I feel like my, my, uh, methodology for things is just kind of like, if you make a mistake, that's okay. Acknowledge it, learn from it and move on and try not to do it again. Right. Like be, be a better version of yourself the next go around. And, um, you know, I had never officially finished a hundred mile race. 86 miles was what I had run virtually at the, uh, Pine Creek challenge. Um, it was, it's a, it's a rail trail kind of race in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I was a different runner in person back then. Uh, I was, I like to call myself as like a knucklehead. Like I just, I kind of ran more off of talent rather than like just being patient and smart and like, you know, being a more seasoned kind of athlete. And, uh, 
you know, the other thing is 2020 was kind of a year of like, uh, you know, I guess looking inward, right? Like just kind of evaluating um, where I was and where I wanted to go. And um, I kind of felt like I wanted, I really wanted a real challenge. I wanted something that was scary and daunting, but something that felt um, for me incredibly comfortable. I felt like I was ready. You know, when I say, I feel like all the miles, everything that I've been doing since like sixth grade was, was in preparation for running across New Jersey. Um, and if you factor in all of those miles, I mean, it's a lot of miles. And so, you know, ultimately running 200 miles, it, it very much is the story of what ultra marathons are. It's for progress. It's one foot in front of the other. If you can keep moving, you're, you're one step closer to finishing the thing. And that was, that was my, uh, that was my like mantra that I used throughout that whole entire run. It was like, okay, I'm still moving. I may not be moving that fast, but I'm moving. And that's, that's one more check mark off of my, my, uh, you know, checklist of, of things I need to do to get to the finish line. So, let's, so let's, that's why we do it. Yeah, no, I, I no doubt about it. I, you know, I, I understand it fully and, and I like, I like the scary part. That's how I'm feeling about this hundo that we got coming up. You know, I like the, the challenge part and all those things. And definitely, um, you know, for me, I, I said that, that I, I named this year 2020 run because it's just going to be crazy running and we're just going to do crazy stuff and we're just going to do more. And I ran that marathon with uh, your former coach, which we'll get into in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, this past weekend. And I actually stretched that one out into a 50K. Uh, and and so did Christine, actually. Uh, we both ran, you know, 31 miles <laughs> a couple a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. Just, and it, we kind of like, oh, yeah, well. Yeah, and then we went well, our, about our day. <laughs> Good like tra- that's that's the company good you're training, with. We're like, training. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I just love the i the idea of it. You know, starting at the high, at high point, and I know that your first mile was like bad out of hell. I mean, you're barreling downhill at that point, um, and and uh, you know, you got a long way ahead of you. So so, what's like the mindset when you're going when you're starting out? Maybe what's the mindset? You know, somewhere in the middle, or or you know, what's you know when the shit gets really tough? Like, what do you you know what are you thinking uh-huh. about? I mean, uh, so I, I want to preface kind of more about the 200 mile distance. So when we look at look at it in ultra running, it's becoming. I've seen articles published recently by you know like Trail Runner and those kinds of publications saying the 200 mile mile distance is the new 100 mile distance. And what that means is that it's becoming this new hot thing to do, right? And in running New Jersey, I didn't really think that that was. Like I, I knew that 200s had been popping up and that kind of stuff, but little did I know that you know running this would be kind of like on trend with what's kind of coming and and so um, kind of now knowing that like coming into the run, I mean ultimately there was so much nervous energy that I had like it was a release right as soon as I was able to start I was like okay like now I don't have to worry about every all the logistics stuff like what's going on like people are reaching out about where i'm going to be at what time on social media and all that stuff like i just have to focus on running a singular focus i just got to focus on taking care of myself and and just doing the necessary things that i i've I've practiced and done time and time again every time i go out out of my door for a run i'm i'm practicing and preparing how to do this type of effort right um and so that was kind of 
that was kind of my initial kind of thought. I didn't really try to focus on anything negative. I mean, uh, you know, running, running that type of distance. I mean, even when you're thinking about something mentally, like that's, that's, if it's a negative thought, that's energy that's wasted. Right. So I, I really tried to conserve energy on all levels, even from a mental standpoint. Like my focus was just to kind of be present and, um, just be aware of my surroundings and what's happening to me. Um, and be able to problem solve if anything comes up because the further, I feel like the further you go, the higher likelihood that something could go wrong and, and does go wrong. But if, if you're able to, um, you know, this, this is good for those that, you know, like you're looking to run a hundred miles. Well, a lot can, a lot can happen in a hundred miles. Um, so, you know, if, if you're having a hot spot by your, you know, in your sock of, of your shoe, you should definitely get it looked at because if you address it then and there, that, that, you know, maybe you get, you put some talcum powder on your foot or something and, and it turns out that you're fine for the rest of the hundred miles. Whereas if you let that persist and maybe a big blister pops up, I mean, you could, that could be the difference from finishing and finishing in a good time or not finishing. Um, and, you know, in terms of like, I guess going into more detail about like how, how did I mentally go about the, the, the whole run itself? Like, I was just, I just tried to be as laser focused. And again, like that singular focus, like I, I had a mission. My mission was to make it to that lighthouse and um, to describe like what I, how I felt during the run. Uh, the best way to describe it is like a music analogy. Like when you, when you talk about like a crescendo starting from something quiet and then getting gradually louder and louder and louder, that was the, this like ener- this positive energy momentum that I felt as each mile progressed during that run it felt more and more like the hype was real. Like early on, it, th- there were some people that joined me for some like early miles, like, I don't know, five miles into the run, very, very early on. It's like, you know, we're talking about like uh, 2.33 in the morning kind of stuff. And that set, set a great tone for, for this whole run across New Jersey. But like, I felt like after the, after I, uh, you know, I left that, that group and was kind of solo for, for like a marathon or so, um, it was like the world was asleep and I, I think there was definitely people that might've doubted me being able to, to do this accomplishment. And I kind of felt like, you know, people were kind of like, just, is he doing it? What's going to happen? We're just lying in wait. And as I, as I, I got closer and closer and closer, it became more of a reality. And I think the outside world, more people started taking notice and started kind of jumping in, whether it was helping the pace or just, go to a, a, a waypoint of where I am on the course and cheer for me and stuff. It was really cool. So that crescendo of just getting more and more intense and more awesome and just like feeling that camaraderie and support. And just, it was like, for me personally, it was like one of the greatest treasures that I'll ever have because, you know, going, living through a, a global pandemic is one thing, but trying to run across New Jersey, doubling your distance um, and challenging yourself in the month of January, as you said, like in the middle of a global pandemic is even more challenging. And, um, just how people went about, you know, kind of supporting me was, it was just so, so well done. It was such, such top class. I mean, I have nothing but praise for everybody. It was just an amazing experience. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, I was able to stick it. I was able to, you know, make it to the lighthouse. Deliver. 
deliver yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I and I get that. It, you know, I I was following along. Um, you know, I I know your high school coach Adam Nalvin and um, Will Rivera, right? Did you run for Will? Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. I've I've just gotten to know Will um, a little bit recently with uh, some of the run that he's been getting himself back into. He's a great guy, and uh, and you know, and so I knew that this was happening and you know me being the um you know the sucker for cool things that i am i said uh oh i gotta pay attention to this and and uh i even asked adam i said can i can we can we run with him like what's the deal like you know do we know the course and adam told me well no by the time he comes through this area we're not it's gonna be kind of like hard to coordinate it and all this stuff and then the next thing i know i see a video of adam running with you i'm like you bastard like <laughs> like I, I wanted a piece of that and uh uh, but no, he's the best. And um, so, you know, I was I was paying attention. And, you know, right before you left off, I found you on Strava. And I'm like, I'm following along here. Like, this is the thing. And, uh, it, you know, it's just I, I get it. Like, you know, the the anticipation and the groundswell of where is he at now? And, you know, and, and I've tracked a million people in, in you know, in Christine and Iron Man and people in marathons and all this stuff and it's exciting. I mean, you're looking at digits on a phone or you know a tracker of some sort, and it's like, but you can get into it just as if it's like a live event. So uh, you know, I got to thank you for that. At least you gave me some excitement on a uh, you know January uh, weekend, and uh, it was just a uh, just a ton of fun, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I got to tell you too, like there was a moment when the Strava beacon like went off, and originally. Uh, I thought that it was uh, like bad cell reception or something like that. Cause I, I carried my phone with me with like, you know, battery packs and stuff the whole entire way. Um, and uh, it turns out that, you know, Strava beacons really designed. I, I did, I did, did get to talk to some people at Strava um, after the run. And it turns out that, you know, Strava beacons really designed for like maybe like one to three people to actually like view the, the little, your little tracking dot. It's a safety feature. So that people like your close contacts know where you are um, when you want want them to know where you are, right? Uh, just in case if something happens. And uh, pretty much, we crashed the server. Uh, <laughs> there were so many people following me as a little blue dot that uh, it overloaded the system temporarily, and they had to do a reboot. How crazy is that? Broke the internet. <laughs> That's it. You broke it in New Jersey, right? Right. And. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's such a, such a cool story in and of itself. It's like, that's humbling for me to be like, wow. And like, you know, people at Strava now see that beacon can be really utilized in a totally different capacity. And now it's challenging them to change the software to see what they can do next, you know? So, uh, in a way we're, we're kind of making a little bit of history with that too, which is really cool. You know, innovation. It, it, you know, sometimes it's uh, boots on the ground that, that that makes this innovation happen. And you're right. making a name for yourself. I mean, let's not forget that. All the, you know, your your name is out there, Cole, and people are like, "Wait, who is this? Wait, what?" And Strava's like, "Huh?" <laughs> and uh, and that's really cool because I always say that the I was talking to my husband the other day, and I said if I had a dollar for every time someone. I said I was going to do something and someone said, that's crazy. Why would you do that? I'm like, mm, I don't have a lot of money at this point. And, you know, <laughs> but you do things because other people, you know, don't feel that that is something that's normal or only crazy people do it. And we have such a different calling. And, you know, the fact that you say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm physically able to. I have a mindset of, 
you know, resiliency and you are inspiring so many people. So I just, I love from a different, you know, aspect of, you know, fitness and wellness and health right now that it's just so cool that it brings an awareness for running and awareness for, you know, being outside and, you know, you don't have to buy all this fancy equipment and this and that to to be healthy. And I'm not telling people, okay, I'm not telling people to go out and run 200 miles. <laughs> However, like you just said before, you know, forward motion, one step at a time gets you closer to the finish. Well, what's your finish? Yours was, you know, this big event getting to that lighthouse. Other people, it's like, all right, their finish is just maybe being able to walk around the block, but it's really cool. I just think it's, you know, pretty amazing. So when, yeah. um, when were you like, Hey, I've got this idea. I want to do this. When did that come to you? Uh, it was about a year um, from when I actually did did the run. So January, you know, roughly around January of twenty twenty. Um, you know, I'd watched I Janu- January for for the for the uh, endurance athletes always. Let, let, let me make sure I get my uh, race schedule planned out right. So like, it's always that time you're on Google searching up stuff. You're on for the ultra runners on ultra sign up, looking up, um, you know, what races might interest you and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing that. And, um, you know, there's, uh, been kind of like the fastest known time. Uh, you know, there's a, now there's a podcast and, you know, the website and they, they, they do a great job of cataloging these kind of like, uh, almost like time trials. And, and I started noticing that people were running across States, you know, Connie Garner, she had run across Ohio and set a record. And, pe- and people have run across Oklahoma and Texas and, and California and all this stuff. And I was like, well, has anyone run across New Jersey? I'm living in New Jersey. Like, it doesn't, it's not that long of a state. Like, I feel like it's probably a pretty good distance. And I tried doing Google searches and I didn't really come up on, come up with much. Um, you know, little did I know by doing this, taking on this endeavor that there has been other people that have run across the state of New Jersey um, it was just, a lot of it was during the time where there wasn't a lot of access to, um, the GPS, like tracking, you know, like being able to have share a file of like, this is what I did and my pace and all that stuff and just have it really easily, readily available out there to, for the public to, um, to kind of chew on. Right. Um, and have it and have at, at their beck and call kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I did stumble upon this documentary the it's called the running, the running, the running, the New Jersey 184, excuse me. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's a great documentary and, and really that's, that's what, uh, it, that's what inspired really me running the course, the way that I did, um, kind of the high point monument linking two two distinct points, the high point monument down to the Cape May point lighthouse, the point to point. And so, you know, that whole year, I mean, you know, COVID happens and it's this whole crazy world that we're new reality. We're trying to grasp. And, um, I'm trying to come up with, it's like out of it. I'm like, there's ways that we can still challenge ourselves and and do these kind of challenges. And I was just, I was, I was craving something epic. I wanted to go on like an adventure quest, right? Like I wanted to go on something that was like, um, almost Lord of the Rings style where I was like gonna, uh, you know, have to go into the depths of the volcanoes and, and, you know, do X, Y, and Z and an odyssey, um, an odyssey. And, you know, running New Jersey, that was my adventure quest. That was a way that I could really try something different and push my, you know, push myself out of my, my being, be in my element, but also be out of my element and have to 
be able to grow um, and be able to do it in one full comprehensive experience. You know, like uh, I, I, and also do it in a, in a timely manner. I mean, you know, I have, I have a, I have a wife and we have dogs and cats and um, you know, I have a family and uh, you know, full, full time kind of career and that kind of stuff. And working in the golf industry, I'm lucky enough to kind of, you know, January, February is kind of my off season. And usually I supplement it with snowshoe running. Um, and I felt, well, I could run, I could run New Jersey in January and it wouldn't be as busy. And, um, it would be a good lead into snowshoe running season. And, um, just a warm I felt up. like things just, yeah, I felt like things would just make sense. And so, um, you know, watching that documentary planted the seed and then I really kept it to myself for the most part, but I kind of, uh, chewed on that, that seed and watered it and let it grow, uh, that whole entire year. And then really in terms of the, the fall of 2020 was when, um, I really started to say, all right, I think it makes the most sense to do this New Jersey run, um, a year after I had the idea. And I've, I've never seen the documentary. I remember when those guys were making it though. And, and, you know, I, I, I followed them on the, you know, their Twitter and, and all the social media stuff when, from the time that they were making it. And, uh, but I have to go back. I have to watch that because, uh, I remember all of that happening. How did you, uh, how'd you come up with the course? Tell us about that. I mean, the direct route. I mean, how did you map that out and did yep. you, how'd you make that yep. happen? Uh, I, I based it off of the documentary. They, they just plugged in High Point Monument down to, came a point lighthouse and they did they did it or kind of had the, the course based on the google maps directions the walking directions um and that's that was my template that's what i that's that's what i used while i did the run across new jersey i actually had my you know i had my phone with me and i had the turn by turn walking directions going in my phone the whole entire time just just to make sure that i was um following my, the turns I needed to do correctly. Um, and, uh, what yeah, ki- that was, what that kind was of roads, the, what that kind was of, inspiration. what kind of roads does that put you on? You know, does it put you on busy traffic roads, any back roads? <laughs> what do you learn? Um, it's a combination. So, uh, the walking directions, luckily enough, they put you primarily on, if it's on a bit busier road, it's a road that should have a shoulder. Um, most of them did, the only times it got hairy was actually when we got closer to uh, to Princeton, New Jersey kind of area. Um, but it, it took, you know, it, it was a nice mix. Like there, a lot of a lot of it was on Route 206, which can be a very can be a busy road. Um, it would. The only times I was on 206 was in instances where there was a decent shoulder, and in sections where there wasn't a, a shoulder, it would divert you around through little towns. And a lot of this was in North Jersey. So we're talking like as you go past Newton and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then a lot of it was back roads. Like when you're running through Hamilton and the Pine Barrens and all that kind of right. stuff, I mean, you're virtually running on like sandy dirt roads that you're like, uh, you're like, you know, you, it's like deliverance. You're I was like, just going to uh, say, it's probably deliverance. <laughs> you're waiting for the guy with the banjo to be like, hey, buddy, what you doing? And, uh, you're going the wrong way. Um, so. It, it's 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 it was just cool. It's a really cool course. It's so diverse, um, and, and that's that's part of the beauty of it too. It was like as I got to experience it, it was like, yeah, this is an incredible tour of New Jersey that you can do safely on foot. Like it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, 
How about hills? And, uh, How about hills? You're running in any um, big hills, especially northern New Jersey? I, mean, I know you mentioned Newton oh, up there. It's pretty wild. Plenty. Right? Yeah. Plenty. Um, I'm looking at your Strava right now. You had you had five and a half thousand feet of elevation gain throughout the 197.22 miles. <laughs> that's all. Yep. Which, mind you, mind you, you know, in the world of the ultra runner, like that's not a lot. It's not, For that but, distance. That's not a lot. Um, but I will say that like there's a lot of hills, and um, even if they were short hills, like they were a lot of them in northern Jersey, they're they were steep. And then when you get into the Pine Barrens. I didn't realize this when I mapped out the course, but it seemed like the, these hills I was running were like five mile long hills. Oh, yeah. And it was just like in 3.5 miles, turn right onto such and such road. And I'm like, well, I'm looking up my, my wife's driving the car up ahead and I'm looking up and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is all uphill 3.5 <laughs> miles, all uphill. And then it's like, and then it's like in the next turn in five miles, turn right. And I'm like, well, this next five miles is all uphill. What the heck? This is the pine parents. It's supposed to be flat. I don't get it. Like I'm, I, I just need a break. I need my break so my like legs that are climbing can like take it, take it just a breather for two seconds. Um, so that relentless element was was very difficult. And you know, you're getting that 150 miles into this thing. I mean, that's uh, that's a make or break kind of point. You know, absolutely. So what did you do then differently to prepare for this than? you know, your normal ultras or what you were doing before. Did you do anything different? No. Uh, so I, I had so many different ideas. The year 2020, it was like, what can I do to challenge myself? I wanted to, I, I was preparing ultimately to try and run uh, a fast 100 mile road or trail race. I wanted to get that 100 mile finish under my belt. And I, I, I felt like, all my training and preparation was leading up to doing something like that. Like whether I was going to go to the Jersey shore and do like a 50 mile, like out and back type of thing to get a hundred miles. I was contemplating those ideas. Of course, working in the golf industry, I, I, I found out quickly that this, the, the fall of 2020, uh, 2020 was pretty darn crazy, um, for us. And, uh, I just didn't have the flexibility or the time to really commit to doing that. Um, so I just just kept training through, um, kept training through the January, knowing that I had really great fitness. Um, you know, if I wanted to run a fast hundred mile time, I could, I felt like I could do it. But I also felt like that was also the same type of excellent training and preparation for potentially doing two hundred miles. I love this guy, Christine. I know. If, if so, I want, if I wanted to run a fast hundred miler, I could do it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's all awesome. relative because when we talk to people, it's it's the same thing. Like you know, like what did you do today? Well, I I ran about thirty one miles, and then I went and got my COVID vaccination. What did you do today? Yeah. And people are like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I just ran this morning, and then I had some work that I had to do. I made dinner, and my, you know, and they're like, whoa, 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 go back.' I'm like. You know, that was just in the morning. Like, that's just for yeah. a couple hours. Like, what, you know, and then you're done and you go about your day. And it's the same thing, you know, kind of with marathons or things like that, where you get to a fitness level, I think, where it doesn't make sense to mere mortals, you know, where we talk about some of the things that happen, which is, which is why it's all relative. I can't perform brain surgery. That wows me when a doctor's like, I just operated on a hand. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I ran a marathon and they're like, oh my gosh. It's, but it's, mm-hmm. it's all, you know, all relative to. We have a better time than those hand doctors. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But 
um, I think it's it's really it's just fascinating to find your thing, and obviously. You know, this is a this is your thing. You're good at this. <laughs> you got and, a thing uh, right here. It's a big and that's old pretty thing. amazing. Talk about um, talk about fueling. What did you do? I know you said that your wife was in the car. She wasn't in the car the whole time, was she? Did she? Yeah. Oh, <sighs> so um, I'll, I'll go into more detail with that quickly. Um, so we had kind of two two crew crew vehicles. My dad and my my wife Ashley. Um, you know, they had we. we we pretty much took our Honda CRV and turned it into like the, the support vehicle. And so my wife, Ashley, she started and we pretty much did it in shifts. So like she was, she was with me for the, through the first half. Um, and then, um, she ended up like going back home, checking on the dogs and cats and, you know, catching some sleep. Um, of course she didn't really sleep much because everything was so exciting and, um, you know, she maybe got maybe, I don't know, let's just say three hours of total sleep in that 44 hours. Um, so she was, she was pushed as an, as a, an ultra runner crew, uh, the same, same level, same limits and same experience in a way that I, I kind of went through. So, um, we kind of shared in that and, you know, my dad helped out in the second half, um, you know, with, being kind of taken over the support vehicle and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, that, and then just with, with different running groups, they came out to help with pacing and like they, some of them set up like, like, uh, almost like block parties and stuff like the, uh, this group called the Up, Uptown Gentle Friends of Bordentown had like a whole block party for me, That's which awesome. was totally, totally badass. <laughs> I mean, talk about making you feel like you're a celebrity. I mean, it was like, I was like, dang, this is awesome. Like it was just super humbling you know um and they they were incredible they they really um took great care of me and uh yeah i mean in terms of nutrition i mean that's that's a huge thing in the in the longer distances i mean you just can't humanly like i mean there's there's a guy uh, mike mcknight that's run 100 miles without eating any like taking in any calories he's taking in <laughs> electrolytes um but i i just don't I don't recommend that. And I don't <laughs> think that many, I mean, I don't think many people can get away with that, especially when it comes to 200 mile distance, forget about it. Like I, I, on paper, I burnt like 25,000 calories. And I, if I'm eating 300 to 400 calories an hour, which is like, that's what I try to shoot for in an ultra marathon, whether it's a liquid nutrition, like a tailwind kind of product. Christine's or, writing this uh, down. I did not. Or, eating, or, you know, or eating bananas. Um, that kind of stuff, taking the gels or, or what, what not. Like, um, I mean, I'm still at a deficit. I think when you do the numbers, it's somewhere, somewhere North of 10,000 calories that, um, I had to, I had to siphon from my body. Right. And so the biggest, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest real realization points for me running New Jersey and doing this, that distance was, um, having to go through my car, carbohydrate stores then going through my fat stores and and craving fat and using fat as fuel which was really effective i mean i i could have eaten probably seventy five thousand avocados um <laughs> that that richness that's that saltiness that savoriness like the, the fattiness of the avocado it's just, it's it's smooth it doesn't have to be chewed or it's very easily digestible i was craving avocados the whole entire time and I ate olives and goat cheese and like nice savory things that, that, um, 
really made a huge difference. And that's the thing. You go from your carbs to your fats, and then what's what's the next thing? Now you start cannibalizing your muscle, your protein. Right. And I, I ended up, when I finished the whole thing, I lost four to five pounds of body weight. Some of that might be water weight, but also a lot of it was muscle uh, as well. It, it doesn't so, even sound that like that much, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not that big of a guy, so it felt like a lot. I felt like I, I had gone on some crazy, like, fast kind of thing. And, um, I mean, that's the thing is you gotta, you got to put fuel, fuel in your body. What I've learned from making mistakes in nutrition is that um, you got your, you know, what your body wants, it wants, and it, it'll take it. Like if I if I am craving gummy bears, my body's saying, "Give me sugar now." Right. Right. Heed, he, listen to your body. Heed, heed those those callings. The hardest thing is in an ultra marathon. You go up to the the aid station, and it's like a buffet, and you're like, "Uh, what do I? I don't know what I want." <laughs> like. For, for me, I'm just like, mm, yummy, go. And like, I just, I just commit and go. And because otherwise you're going to spend so much time in that aid station contemplating kind of what you're going to eat and consume. And that could be time that you could be spent out, out on the course, getting, taking steps closer to the finish line. Right. right. Um, and so I, I've worked a lot on my training to be more fat adapted to, to utilize fat as a fuel source because I do think that it makes a lot of sense um, in these longer ultra marathon distances. Um, you know, what I, what I started noticing, so uh, it, to build some context too, what I started noticing was I was running a lot of these 50 mile trail races and I was just going straight, uh, straight gels and straight tailwind. And pretty much what I was doing was I was carbo loading and spiking my insulin like crazy. And I would get to, maybe 40 to 45 miles in a 50 mile race and that nutrition, my body is craving it, but I would hit a point where my insulin was so high that it didn't matter how much I could, uh, put back in, in terms of calories, my body was shot. I, I couldn't get the insulin response that I needed. It was, it was like I was maxed out. And so I was just naturally fatigued and then just have to crawl my way into the finish line. That's pretty much how a lot of my early racing was. When I started incorporating this um, more fat component, all I did, and I didn't, and I'm not saying that I'm like, all I do is eat fat and protein and stuff. What I did was I said, okay, if my if my nutrition plan is 100% carbohydrates, how about I do 80% carbohydrates and 20% like fat type stuff? See and do it as an experiment. What's the result? Well, the result's a lot better. I ha- my energy is much more consistent. Um, I don't bonk if you want to say. Um, in, in races really, um, maybe I can do 70 and 30, 60, 40, that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I toyed around with, with those elements the past couple of years and, you know, I'm happy to say now here I am, you know, uh, a little bit more fat adapted and that played a huge, huge factor in, um, this, this run across New Jersey. How about like on training runs and things like that, just slowing it down? Is that helpful um, for you? I mean, that's usually the, the go-to technique for becoming more fat adapted, right? Not trying to... Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not doing like the OMAD stuff, that, none of that, right. none of that kind of stuff that's like trending and all that. But what I would do is, you know, I'd eat my dinner at nighttime and then in, uh, I remember, I think it was the summer of 2019, I would use, I would wake up and do like a training run. Usually I'd, I'd have a breakfast, but instead I would just drink some water. 
And right now, most of my training runs, I'm able to do in a fasted state. So, you know, I eat my dinner at, say, 8 o'clock at night. I sleep, and I wake up in the morning, and I go for a run. And at first, it was very difficult. Um, and mind you, I'm not, I'm not doing workouts and really hard stuff without having some calories in my system, but just more of these easy runs and all that kind of stuff. And the idea was, can I make my body be more efficient without fully committing to this? And, you know, now I can probably say like most of my training runs, I just, I drink, you know, say 15 ounces of water before I head out the door and that's all I need. Um, and I'm able to utilize fat as a fuel source of my own body. And it's allowed me to, I feel like, be more be more efficient with um, my different fuel sources when it comes to a, a race or a competition. I am curious of <laughs> your – no, I'm, I really am curious. My, my mind has been going because the whole gel thing has always just grossed me out. Forever, right? For since it started, gels since, and Gatorade. Oh my gosh! Okay, and <laughs> yeah. and even training with gels and Gatorade, and and looking up, you know, how many you know longer races, and and I actually sit there and I I you know every single whether it's an Ironman or a marathon or whatever, I look and I'm like, okay, who's sponsoring? What do I have to get my body prepared to ingest that's going to be available on the race course? And it's really fascinating that you know you're talking about that how the insulin just spikes and then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, your body so can't take that. it. Right. Yep. Well, the last, I want to say in the last couple of years, I, and even the last Ironman I did zero gels, no more gels. I didn't do any of the like extra little, you know, whatever that is. Um, it was all actual like food or, you know, something with electrolytes in it. And I actually felt better which I think it's interesting that you said that because most people say, no, 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 I have to take the gel. It's like mile five, mile 15, well, mile yeah. whatever, because that's what everyone reads. And now for someone like you, who's like, listen, let's, let's, you know, pull it back in everybody. What does your body want? Go for that. And, you know, listen to it. I, I just think that's really, really important that you're, you know, you're sitting there like, all right, well, I'm making these, you know, this is what works for me. I run in this fasted state. Um, I also like that running in a more fasted state because then when you're when you're really fueled, oh, it's game on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a you know like there's a really uh, a guy in the ultra running world named Zach Bitter who's oh, yeah. he's he's big time fat fat adaptation kind of guy and you know he's got doing stuff with Vespa and all these other kind of companies and whatnot, but um, you know. I think everybody has to kind of figure this stuff out for themselves, right? Like it's, it's in in many ways, like your running performance in terms of nutrition, it's a science experiment. It's kind of like, if I do X, what's the result? Is it a positive result or is it a negative result? And so, you know, when I was, I was doing the gel thing, like one gel every 45 minutes kind of stuff with an electrolyte drink. And I was just noticing that I was feeling like complete crap towards the end of a race when, yeah, you're, you're going to deal with fatigue, but like I should be able to have that extra gear, right? To be able to kick it into high speed and, and be able to pick some people off and make, make up some places and maybe try to defend, defend for a, a first place, right? So um, that's where, and it was really my wife, Ashley, that was kind of like, uh, you know, seeing this from the sidelines, kind of noticing that I was kind of 
I, I was looking amazing through 40 miles and all of a sudden you get to the next aid station mile 45 and it was like the wind the winds in my sails have just been let loose and i'm just like falling apart all of a sudden and it's like why did that just happen like um and that's what we kind of concluded was it was this insulin spiking kind of thing and then i'm like maybe i should try to become more fat adapted doesn't mean that i have to just you know try to be 100 percent fat adapted cold turkey like like all i'm doing is eating fat I, all I was doing was just playing with the percentages and I did it gradually, just like how you should with training, right? Gradually build up your mileage and all that kind of stuff. Um, and what I found as an end result was really positive. And, you know, that's something, that's something that works, worked for me, but it's, it's potentially, you know, for those that are, might be struggling with kind of the insulin resistance kind of issues. I mean, maybe it makes sense to experiment with, you know, using fat as more of a fuel source. Where did where'd you run in college? So I was a walk-on at the University of Oklahoma. Ah, boomer sooner. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Oh, cool, very cool. Um, and you know, so you you read, you did run run there, and uh, so after that, that's when you kind of made the push. Did you run you know competitive marathons and things like that uh, post college? A little bit. Um, <clears throat> I kind of linked up with a. Um, like a post collegiate marathon group out of Oklahoma, uh, with affiliated with a running store called OK Runner, and um, you know, I'm I'm graduated. I'm, I'm I'm starting to do shorter trail races, and at that same time, I'm uh, getting ready to run the Oklahoma City Marathon, which is like the big marathon right. in the state. Um, and it's an incredible race. Like if anyone, when when uh, you know, people are vaccinated and are ready to travel and do all that kind of stuff. I would definitely look into the Oklahoma City Marathon. It's a really a, a, a premier event, um, you know, and it also it's a memorial, so it pays tribute to you know um, those lives lost in the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, so it's a very special event. Um, it's just the right size too, would, right? It's like not a it's not huge, it but it's not you know something yeah. like where you're going to be running by yourself out there, which is always the fear, right? In yeah, a, and the, the swag is yeah, and the swag is good and. The, you know, the, the post-race festivities are always good. And, um, it's just, it's a, it's a great event, but that was my, that was my first marathon. So yeah, I mean, after college, that was what I was working up towards. Um, I started dabbling in shorter trail running, uh, distances. And it was, it was really until the, the next year after that. Uh, so that's like 2012, uh, when I moved back out East to upstate New York for graduate school. And, and it was really at that point when I, um, you know, I started working at the Finger Lakes Running Company. Um, Ian Golden, who is a big trail running guy, puts on a lot of ultra marathon races, and he was like, "Hey, you should run my 50 mile race." And I was like, "You're crazy! What are you talking about? I'm I'm really good at the marathon, and maybe I'll do 50 k's because it's it's 30 31 miles is close enough to to a marathon." But he convinced me to run uh, one of his 50 mile races, which happened to be the uh, Cayuga Trails 50 mile, and. Um, that's kind of how I, you know, after running that uh, inaugural event and kind of made some mistakes and, and did pretty well, uh, I kind of, I I had the bug, right? Like I got, I got interest where I was like, you know what? I think I could be really good at this stuff. I left a lot out there that I think I could improve upon. And I also think that there are some things that I found in myself that, um, showed a lot of promise. And so, and that's how I got into ultra running. It's pretty cool. Every 
every 5K guy thinks he's he loves the 5K until he runs a half marathon, and then the half marathoners <laughs> love that uh-huh. distance until they run the marathon, and so on and so forth. And once I guess you you jump off into this uh, world of ultra running, there's just no other place to be. The yeah, I got I got to say too, like why why do I love ultra running is because it's so diverse, like people can be a specialist in the, the 50k 31 mile distance you could do it on the roads you can do it on the trails you could do it up mountains you right. can do it by the ocean like um you know it's just there's no there's really no limits to the variety that you can get um and that's that's really what appealed has appealed to me is that i naturally i like to explore and i like to uh, push myself and move through different spaces and different places and climates and environments and all this stuff and uh, that's what trail and ultra running provides. And I think that's for, for many of those that are have spent a lot of time doing uh, road running. Um, that's the appeal of, uh, of trail and ultra running is that it's like it's 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 an adventure. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, an ultra runner could run a 50K, 31 miles, but they can also run a thousand miles like those are both in the same conversation. Right. Um, and that that's something that's unique for sure. And and thank God for that. That's why we chose the, uh, the hundred miler in, in Maryland and not Leadville to start this little thing off. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's good that that diversity in, in terrain and, and different styles of races, uh, we'll still get a belt buckle. Should we knock on wood, you know, knock the sucker down? Um, and you know, but it'll just be a little less altitude and mileage <laughs> i promise there'll be a lot yeah. of cry- there'll be a lot of crying we're gonna set up a, we're actually gonna set up this is what i think we should do brian let's go i think to raise money for whatever charity or something we should yeah. do is that we should have like an ncaa bracket <laughs> for how many times christine i cry over under like the over- yeah like some sort of like hours we can have hours we can have half hours because it's gonna be there Cole, quite a bit Cole she says this she's a freaking monster it's, I, she is an, a, the not, freak of all freaks athletically she's a division one volleyball oh, player that, that has crushes marathons Ironman's no problem she what was your uh, she ran a 340 marathon at the end of the Ironman one time uh, she's, a, she's a nut job she's perfectly <laughs> beautifully crazy and that's my homegirl um, ride or die I was wondering what's the ladies um um <laughs> thing from point to point for new jersey what's the ladies record yeah you kept talking a, a male, men male and female fastest known time like, female connie connie gardner so she she you know in the documentary shows she she came out as a pacer right uh but she ended up completing the whole thing so she was she was kind of the record holder um they did do a slightly different course so it's kind of the tomato tomato kind of thing but um i think she was around the um uh, kind of mid 50 hour mark yeah Connie's a very well known, um, very well established ultra distance I, I runner. Mean, she has, yeah, I mean, she has the record for running across Ohio. So, I mean, and she was she was a she was a, a mentor, a person that I reached out to about doing this run, and you know, she was just she's just so incredible. She's just uh, such a generous human being, and um, she was like, "Go out there and get it! Like, you got this!" Like, and that was that was a that you know that was some huge props coming from her. And that was some great fuel to my arsenal to, um, you know, really prove to myself, like, 
yeah, if Connie Garner thinks I can do it, I can definitely do this. Like <laughs> I got right. this. The endorsement. That's great. How about, uh, how about sponsorship, sponsorships? Any, uh, you know, were you running in, uh, I saw you roll 361s. Were they helping you out throughout uh-huh. this? Yeah. yeah. What's, what's happened since you ran? What's going on? Um, I mean, much of the same. Um, I mean, I've, um, you know, my, a lot of my sponsorships, um, you know, I'm, I've had a lot of brand, like I like to call them as brand partners. Um, you know, when I first got into trail and ultra running, I, uh, was signed by a company called Mammut North America or like just Mammut. They're, uh, right. uh like Alpine company, kind of like a Patagonia. Um, and I, I was part, you know, kind of one of their lead athletes for their, um, it was called MTR mountain trail running division. And I was with, with the brand for about five years. And then they kind of want, they did some restructuring and the, the program both nationally and internationally went away. Um, and so I was kind of a free agent and I, um, latched onto 361, um, kind of, you know, an up and coming company. And, um, they were really generous to kind of take me on. And, you know, I've had, brand partner since 2012, like Fit Socks, like that's a, a sock company that's out of Alabama and Tennessee. And they, um, they have been just incredible partners my whole entire ultra running career. Um, you know, and same with like Boom Nutrition, like they make some great energy gels. Like I don't always, now I don't take them as often as I no- normally used to, but when I do take them, it's like the most delicious fruity energy burst that I could ever ask for. It's like rocket fuel. I use my energy gels and rocket fuel. When I'm really starting to feel like I'm tanking, they just like revitalize me, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of the sponsor sponsor front, um, I you know I've just solidified more of my my tiers or relationships with my current sponsors. You know, I signed with uh, Coros, which was awesome. Nathan has been I'm now quote unquote an official ambassador with them. Um, I was an employee of the company at one point, so I, I have good connections with them. Dion Snowshoes, I've uh, bounced around a little bit, but I've Bob Dion and, and his products are incredible. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have a lot of different, um, brand partners that help support in any way that they can. If any, like, uh, any of those potential companies out there, if you guys are listening, like, I mean, give, give me a, give me a message, give me a call. I mean, I'm, I'm open to, for opportunities, you know, ultimately with some of my new goals and passions, like I'd like to partner with a, um, a more like outdoor alpine based type of company. Um, one that can make insulated jackets and does some stuff like that. Cause I have some, uh, potential running challenges and interests where I'm, I'm going to demand, demand and need that type of product set to, to do the, uh, the projects I want to do, <laughs> you know, whether they're ar- Arctic events or desert events. Um, I need a little bit more specialization to my portfolio. So, um, he's got some things up his sleeve here, Christine. Has, got some, is got um, some stuff up my sleeve. Everyone listening, whether you're work for a company or um, you know, looking for elite, you know, kind of wow athletes who do crazy things. I mean, after you reach out to Brian and myself, <laughs> we know this guy Cole, who's really cool. Um, so yeah, so put that out in the universe, and Cole, yeah, let's do that. Fit crazy listeners. Let's go. Get on this. Get Cola uh, hooked up. That's right. So, yeah, you, you know, because I, you know, and ultimately, like, uh, when I look at brand, brand partners, like, I'm in it for the long haul. It's just like a 200 mile run. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I want to partner with brands too that w- want to push boundaries. I want to 
take on different marketing and visual media projects, you know, create many, many films and different things around hopefully some of, some of, uh, some ideas that I have that we can kind of agree and work, collaborate and align on, um, that can be mutually beneficial to, to both, you know? Cole, you um, can't, you can't just say, Oh, some things and I'm thinking of, okay, you've got, you can't <laughs> dangle the carrot like that for, for us. So at least if you're not going to tell us exactly what, give us, yeah, like what a, continent is give us like something, give us some hints. Well, um, I, I need to do a qualifying event for it first, but you know, I'd like to try and run the, the record at the Arrowhead 135 mile race. That's one example. You know, that's a, uh, up in International Falls, Minnesota during the coldest time of year in January, February. And it's, um, 135 miles. You're pulling a sled. It's usually temperatures are minus 40 degrees. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's a opportunity to, to really run super fast there. Um, do, do something that, um, people may not have thought was possible. Um, so that's, that's one example, but there's also all kinds of other Arctic ultra marathon events almost expedition-based events all around the world that um, have really, after running New Jersey, kind of caught my heart. And there are things that I want to do, and I want to uh, intersect philanthropy and fundraising and just being able to make make a, a positive impact um, around some of those those personal goals that I and challenges that I have set for myself. So that's where the brand partnership part comes into it, you know. Helping to I love allow it, me to get to some of those places, but also to kind of collaborate and work on whether it's talking about issues of climate change or just, um, you know, clean water or, 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 um, you know, just maybe it's some, something, you know, equality based for the local indigenous people that, that region or area. Um, those are some of the conversations I want to have with, um, with my brand partners and see what we can kind of come up with to make it, make a positive lasting impact. Where did you go to school in upstate New York? Uh, SUNY Cortland. Yeah. Uh, nice. Nice. I played volleyball for Binghamton. That's why. As soon as you said Cayuga, I was like, mm, and the Finger Lakes. I'm like, you got to be yeah. up there somewhere. Up yep. in the... Uh, up in the beautiful mountains where we run up and down and all around. Oh Dr. Jack Daniels, huh? That's right. Yeah. I, I, I've seen him go go to the local Cortland post office many times before. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That is so good. Listen, you just keep getting better and better. Mm-hmm. I love your initiative. I love what you stand for. I love what you're doing. I love all the running and the wild antics. It's uh, it fits right it, in. It fit, yeah, it's it right fit, in. Fit crazy, and uh, you know, I just uh, the connection that I had with with uh, you know your former coaches and and uh, just man, we're, uh, you got a big fan in me. And anything that we can do uh, to help you out as you as you go, just and, you. Thanks for no, including me on that. We one. Okay. we we talk for each other, Cole. We, That's we. what we do. Uh, Anything that I or we can do, and uh, including getting you some running buddies up in uh, mm-hmm. in Rhode Island. I know you just recently moved up there, or you're in the mix of, of doing that and working for a new company and stuff. Give that company a plug so we can sell some golf products. Yeah, so you know I've been working in the golf industry. Um, I just got a uh, sales sales position with a company called Loveaware, which is based out of uh, Canada, and um, they make just really great performance uh, golf apparel. Um, and yeah, I'm the uh, New England sales rep. So I have, um, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine as my territory. So right. I'm just, um, I moved, moved up in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm just, uh, you know, starting to get visiting accounts and, and getting things all solidified up there. So my, uh, my brother lives in Cranston, Rhode Island, and I am up there probably three, four times a year. 
and uh, it's good running. I really enjoy it. And every once in a while, you go out for a run, and like you'll see Molly Huddle run by, and it's like, all right, she runs. Uh, she's from. She runs in Providence. Uh, you know, the, her training team there. But I also have a, a pretty good crew because a guy that used to live here, uh, that run, with, you know, that lived here in New Jersey and taught at Monmouth University. He's up there teaching in uh, at the Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut now, and he drives up and he's a Rhode Island native, and he can hook you up with a lot of good, you know, long distance runners for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, it's it, it's a fun new chapter for me. Um, I've already had the the idea, the vision quest, you know, after running the save New Jersey, I'd love to be my ultimate bucket list is like, can I like run across every state in the country? Like all 50 States. Like, I think that would be really cool. Right. Um, really cool. Count us in. And, well, caddy. and yeah. And you know, and like Rhode Island is not a big state. Um, and there's, they have a, they have a trail, everybody that's called the North to South trail. And it's 78 miles in length. Mind you, Rhode Island's only like 38 miles long, but it's a trail, so it, it winds around and stuff. That is definitely um, maybe on my radar to go after an FKT for that this spring. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to do this more interstate type of running and that kind of stuff. You know, I signed up for a trail, uh, a 112-mile race that goes on a bunch of different trails in Connecticut. It's called the, the Cut 112. And that would get me to uh, run across all of Connecticut, north to south. So I'm slowly starting to fill out that bucket list. Awesome. Well, before we wrap it up, we'll uh, we'll offer the invite if you feel like coming out for uh, the last 40 miles or so of a trail a trail run on the C and O Canal in Maryland on April 24th slash 25th. Watch me cry. <laughs> you're welcome. To, you're welcome to tag along with the two fit crazies. Just gonna be hippity hopping right through the finish line. It's my plan while crying. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cole! Well, it has been such a uh, such a pleasure, and we're so so thankful that you spent some time talking with us today. Um, do us a favor as well. Um, number one, give our listeners some uh, some golden golden advice, and number two, give us some info of where people may want to uh, where they could find you, social media, things like that. Definitely. Um, I mean, my bit of advice is something pretty simple, uh, but hard in its application, um, which is, um, I, I like to say at this point, after running New Jersey, distance is just a number. Like, it's what you make of that number that makes makes an impact, that makes a difference to you. If, for me, I don't think distance matters. I don't think whether it's 197 miles to 497 miles, it's... If, if you have, if you have the will and determination to keep going, you can go however far you want to go until you decide that you want to stop. Um, and I, I truly believe that. So, you know, for, for all those people out there that are maybe getting into ultra marathons or intimidated by a distance, which I was in your shoes at, uh, at many points throughout my whole running career, just know that, um, you know, do your research, like, be, be true to yourself, believe in the process. Just each day is an opportunity to be a better version of yourself. If you follow that approach and you just keep improving and getting better and better and better, like you can, if if you're running, if you're planning on running a 50 K then the next weekend, like you could get yourself ready to rock and roll for a hundred miles. You can do it. So just, just know that, that uh, hard work does pay off. And if you, if you, focus on solving problems rather than creating problems. Um, 
that's that's the true great motto in ultra running is be a problem solver um take care of yourself because uh that's really all you have to do one foot in front of the other and take care of yourself and guess what you're gonna you're gonna finish and you're gonna have a great time and be real proud of your accomplishments so um that's my advice sticking to it um you know, anytime that you can fundraise and make an impact in, in your local communities or global communities, definitely do that. That's something that um, I started introducing and I'm going to continue doing that for every running project that I have moving forward. Because if I'm doing a running project or thing for myself personally to challenge myself, I feel like uh, and, I, and if, if I can use it as a bridge to help um, impact other people's lives, well, why not? It's a it's a win win. Right. So. Um, so that's, that's kind of another, another element to things. And, um, in terms of where you can find me on social media, um, you know, I have a Facebook, um, profile. I have, I'm on Strava, um, Instagram at, at Cole Crosby 41. Um, so, you know, if you see at Cole Crosby one, that's not me at Cole Crosby 41. And, um, yeah, any, you know, I think I'm on YouTube somewhere, um, I was working on maybe making some golf golf videos at one point. Um, but yeah, I'm out, I'm out there on the internet, you know, probably one of the best ways to find me too, is if you just type in like Cole Crosby runs New Jersey, um, you'll see a whole list of articles. I also have a website too. It's called cresting the Um, you can just type in cresting the summit, um, into Google and it should pop up. Uh, and that has like all my, uh, race accomplishments and, you know, blog posts and, and you name it. Um, you know, my, my sponsors, all that stuff. Um, so that's, that's a great resource as well. Cole, you're awesome. You are (laughs) welcome back here at any time. And we can't wait going forward to get you back on here to, uh, talk about whatever, either, whether it's a certain group you're fundraising for that we can help support you or um, just give us some race recaps and and let us know what's going on and and we'll get the word out to we, the we masses. love the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Come back oh, and yeah. talk to us. Yes, it your some of your stories make us less like seem less crazy. <laughs> so that's really awesome, Cole. So we appreciate that. Any any well, more crazy I could get is welcome. So well, what's more what's more crazier than than running really far, right? Um, and you just got to have fun with it. Like, you know, you're, you're in your head for a long time. Like I just, um, I use it as a way to, um, you know, just kind of like daydream and, and kind of put myself into a whole different kind of realm. You know, it's, it's, uh, how often do we get the opportunities to do stuff like that? Um, and so being a little bit crazy, I feel like in a way makes me more sane in a lot of other, uh, aspects of my life. So sure. Let's, let's, Go on some crazy running adventures. Why not? <laughs> I'm in. All right, Cole. With that said, I'm going to sign off and say it's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendy. And we are two fit crazy. <laughs> and the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.